Grace and peace to you, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. Today, I'm joined by fellow staff members David Blankenship and Kristen Heinz. This past Sunday was the first week of Advent, which celebrates the Advent or the coming of Christ, both when Christ came into this world and when Christ comes back to restore the world. So we'll talk about that as well as guide you through our liturgy and our prayers. You'll also hear a song called There's a Light Upon the Mountains. It's an old hymn that was reworked here at Bloom by people within the community. We hope you enjoy the liturgy today and welcome to the first week of Advent. A voice cries out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Let us listen and turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. There's a light upon the mountains And the day is at the spring When our eyes shall see the beauty And the glory of the King Where He was our heart with waiting In the night watch seen so long but his triumph day is breaking and we hail it with a song in the fading of the starlight we can see the coming morn in the lights of skies are glowing as with lights of hidden fire in the hearts of men are stirring with the ache of deep desire behold our Savior 
Jesus Christ who came to bring us light who was and is and is to come our King Emmanuel there's a hush of expectation in the quiet in the air in the breath of God is moving in the fervent breath of prayer for the suffering dying Jesus is the Christ upon suffering of our spirit is the suffering of his own he is breaking down the barriers he is casting up the way he is calling for his angels to build up the gates of day but his angels here are human not the shining host above for the drumbeats of his army are the heartbeats of our love behold our Savior Jesus Christ came to bring us light who was and is and is to come our King Emmanuel behold our Savior Jesus Christ who came to bring us light who was We hear in distant music And it comes with fuller swell Tis the triumph song of Jesus Of our King Emmanuel Zion going forth to meet him And my soul be swift sweetest and thy dearest for the triumph of our King Here reading from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 33. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah 
all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of the Lord. Hear a reading from Psalm 25. O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 21. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree, or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know, without being told, that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bloom, we're in the season of Advent, the season where the church calls us to be aware of the crumbling of our own world, of the coming judgment, 
and yet to hope in the midst of all things. And I think that call can feel a little rough given the two years that we've just been through. But our hope is not predicated on the ease of our lives or even our ability to see through the darkness. Hope is a reality that we're invited into, the reality that Christ is holding us, that we're seen, that we're loved, that every moment of our lives is a gift, drenched in beauty, alive with the chance to be inspired in every moment. As I was talking in front of Loom on Sunday, I could feel the tension that we're called to hope, that we're invited to hope, and yet sometimes it's hard. It's hard to muster up the will to see beauty, to see the stream of restoration in our world. And that's not new to our generation. That's not new to our time and our circumstances. When Jesus says in this passage that we just read about this generation will not see death, it caused a bit of a crisis for the early church because people started dying. People in that generation that heard those words of Jesus were clearly not seeing the end of all things, the restoration of all things. So the church started to reverberate with anxiety. You see Paul addressing that to the church with kindness, with a call to trust, to know that we're held, not to see the answers, not to read the stars, not to interpret the times, but to just be, to be in a place where anxiety and fear could have the last word, but instead to hope in something that holds us all together, that holds everything that we know, everything that we are perfectly, Christ. And so the church was called to hope when there was literally no reason to hope. There was no certitude. There was no theological grid. There was no Sunday school class on interpreting the times or eschatology. There was just the reality that life can be hard, that kingdoms will oppress, that systems will control. There's not enough food. There's not enough water for all. There's sickness. And yet there's beauty to be had, to be seen, to be experienced. Christ is very much with them and with us. So this Advent, the call is not to see everything with rose-colored glasses. It's not to be happy. Rather, it's something much deeper. It's to have open ears and open eyes, to see the beauty that lies within everything amidst crumbling, amidst uncertainty, amidst oppressiveness and hunger and despair. All the things our world holds, yet we are held in all of it by something so much greater by Christ, by love, by compassion. Christ waits for us as we wait for Christ. And that's what we're invited into this Advent. We come however we are, and we hope supernaturally with the church worldwide, with all those who have gone before, with all those who are with us around the earth. We hope, we breathe it in. We allow ourselves to be in contact with that place deep within our souls, that know that we are eternal, that we're made for more. Advent lets that come out. Advent invites that place in us to find expression, that deep hope. So Bloom and Advent, it's okay to hope. It's actually what we're called to. May you hope deeply this Advent.
This passage is just so striking to me because a lot of the language seems so dark for what we typically think of hearing and reading and singing during Advent. Like I'm just reading, pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. And that is, as you're saying, an invitation into the reality of hope. It seems so, yeah, like apocalyptic. And I know that is the space that a lot of us feel like we're in right now. What is the world going to look like in the midst of all the upheaval that we've seen in the pandemic and this back and forth of, are we safe? Are we not? Are we through COVID? Are we not? Um, There's just no place to rest our feet. Sometimes it feels like, but I think to so many in our world, as you mentioned, they've held hope through all of the pain and all of the suffering that has been systemic in our world for so long. To a lot of us, the reality of our world fading as we know it feels frightening like this. Mm -hmm. And to so many who Jesus was holding and speaking to and discipling, it was good news because that meant those systems that oppress Mm -hmm those chains that hold people back and keep them down are being broken. And it just, the call into hope feels a lot more like a reality check to me, I think, this Advent, in that a lot of the things that I try to stand on, I start to realize are a house of cards in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because so many of these systems work for me. So it does feel like a hard reality to hold and that I might lose hope because the things that I count on on a day-to-day basis feel like they might be fading away sometimes. But really, it's the invitation of coming into a deeper reality with the body of Christ, with the ones who are suffering, with those that are in the world that Jesus was born into in a Mm -hmm. tiny manger in the middle of nowhere, among refugees, among the vulnerable, among the voiceless. So it does feel like You know, we're sitting in this space of darkness, but really it's coming into awareness that it's always been darkness, Mm -hmm. that Christ brings the light that's revealing, but also hopeful. I'm always caught off guard by the apocalyptic nature of of Advent, like the the second coming part of Advent, (laughs) because it was just not really, it was always the thing that was kind of skipped over. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked, we always talked about the birth of Christ and the hope coming into the world. And then every, it, it might have been mentioned once or twice that like, oh, it's also about Jesus coming back, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm always caught off guard by it every year. I'm like, oh, this is so dark. Why is it so dark? But I think, Kristen, you were hitting on something that makes a lot of sense to me that like the world is just, it is dark. If we realize that, if we realize that the world is fading away, you know, Paul talks about that a lot, mm-hmm. then the hope that we have in Christ is so much brighter, I think. Mm-hmm. Or at least we can see the light better, maybe, you know, in complete darkness. Like, there are times when we'll have candles on in our house. We won't realize they're still lit until after we turn off the lights. You know, as we turn off lights, then we start to see this other light that we didn't realize. And so I wonder if that's like a good metaphor for Jesus, like coming into the world, that especially us now and the reality that we live in, where we are very comfortable. We are like, and we're starting to see some of the things around us, the comforts of the world start to fade away. 
So Jesus coming into the world is like, you know, as the lights begin to dim around us, that the light of Christ would grow brighter. Like that's, that's Advent to me, that Christ is coming to the world, bringing light, brightening the world in ways that we couldn't see before, but now we mm. can. Yeah, I love that picture that we notice the light more when we're aware of the dark. The dark, in a way, draws us to the light. I mean, it's deception to think that everything that we've built on this earth is light because it doesn't feel like light to most people on the earth. To most people, it feels heavy and oppressive, and people haven't been treated with honor, with dignity and compassion. So yeah, it's not focusing on the darkness. It's being aware of the darkness that we would see the light more clearly, not be deceived. I just keep thinking about how all of our falling apart is held by the eternal constant, which is Christ. And when that which holds us comes into our darkness, we perceive it as light, that we were held the whole time. But that incarnation, that breaking through of time by the one who has held us the whole time, Christ, the light comes into the darkness. And so we experience that which surrounds us, envelops us, and sustains us. We experience it as a light walking in the darkness. I think that's really beautiful. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer, that God may bring in His kingdom with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may establish among the nations His rule of righteousness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. That we may seek Christ in the Scriptures and recognize Him in the breaking of bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Almighty God, as your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, first came to seek and save the lost, so may he come again to find in us the completion of his redeeming work. For he is now alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.